Hi, I'm Gerd Hundle, acclaimed health journalist, turned motivational speaker, and transformational coach. This show is for anyone who wants to lead a happier, healthier, and inspired life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can become a soul warrior. Hello and welcome to another show of the Get Inspired with Gerds podcast. I'm your host and today I have an inspiring guest with me who's helping people to activate and remember their true self. Alex Kipp is a cancer survivor and creator of The True Mindfulness and helps his clients to live in the present moment and finally be free. He's a co-founder of SoulFeed, an online media platform that delivers inspiring content to over 106 countries, interviewing inspirational leaders like Deepak Chopra and Gabby Bernstein. He has spoken at Wanderlust and teaches people about the true meaning of mindfulness. Alex, it's an absolute pleasure having you on my show and thank you for joining me. You're welcome. I'm so excited. I love the work that you're doing and I just want you to tell the listeners what your life was like before you became the creator of the true mindfulness. Uh, what my life was like before I became truly mindful. Horrible. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, it, there's a long history to that. Uh, I, you know, got diagnosed with cancer when I was a senior in college. Um, I beat that with a 15 to 30% chance of surviving. I then started a successful podcast called Soul Feed with a guy named Shannon, who I think has been on your show. He's yeah. an awesome guy. And uh, But still, you know, I was kind of like, it was all intellectual, you know, all this personal development stuff, all this like soul work was still all intellectual. And I was kind of figuring it out, but at the same time, I didn't know what it meant to be like truly mindful. And so that's really the direction I'm heading now in creating this true mindfulness movement because it's different when you experience it and it's not just intellectual. And so many of us think we're experiencing it and yet our life still continues to be full of doubt and worry and fear and anxiety even when we're seeing some success sometimes. Can you resonate with that at all? Yeah, absolutely. Like growing up, like I was, as I've told Shannon before as well, like I grew up in a spiritual background, so I'm Sikh. And so I'd go to the temple, I'd meditate, but I didn't know I was meditating. And then I went through a phase where I went away from God and everything. And I found myself thinking I was mindful, but I was ended up with anxiety, depression, like eating disorders, lots of different things that happened in my life. And it was because I had no control of myself and no control of up here. Mm. Yeah, and I think, too, sometimes control is actually what gets in the way. And so for me, um, I was actually really good at kind of controlling everything, you know what I mean? And uh, not allowing spirit to sort of guide, to move through me, not allowing this like deeper connection with something beyond myself that, again, wasn't just intellectual. You know, you hear people say, oh the universe has your back and you can trust the universe and all this stuff. But it's like, okay, yeah, but what does that mean experientially? You know, like, what does that mean? And once I really tapped into that, things started changing for sure. Hmm, interesting. I want to <laughs> yeah. take you back a step though. I want to sure, let's go. know, like, you know, when you got 
the cancer. What what did you do? What was the first thing that you did when you found out? So when I was diagnosed with cancer, um, I was about to go to Broadway. I was about to be, you know, auditioning for Broadway and all these things. So I was a huge singer. Um, my favorite role to play in college was Gaston in Beauty and the Beast. Because, you know, he sings this big song where he just goes, me, you know, he just like gets to be Gaston, you know, and that's kind of how I was in life. Like, it was all about me. It was all about me, 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 you know, and uh, my senior year of college, all of a sudden I started losing my voice. I couldn't talk anymore and I couldn't sing anymore. And I sounded literally like this for about two years of my life. So all of a sudden, my whole identity, everything I thought I was, everything I believed in was suddenly ripped away from me. And I realized, like, whoa, who am I if I'm not a singer? Who am I if I'm not a Broadway performer? You know, because my whole life I'd been working towards this thing, working towards this only strict ideal. You know, it's like when people ask you, oh, who are you? What do you do? Oh, I'm a singer. Or maybe, Gerds, how do you answer that question? Well, I kind of relate with you because I spent my whole life saying, I want to be a journalist. I'm going to be a health journalist, and that is my way forward. And when I right? had my crashing point, suddenly this epiphany happened. It was like, no, I don't want that anymore. Yes, and unfortunately, these crashing points a lot of times happen in our deep, deep times of what we perceive to be suffering. Mm -hmm. But really, all of our suffering, all of our big you know, pain point moments, they're all teachers. And again, it's one thing to intellectualize that, but it's another thing to experience that. So when I lost my voice completely, after, you know, thinking, oh, my whole life is going to be about singing, it ripped open this sort of veil about who I was. And I immediately experienced what they call post-traumatic, guess, post-traumatic Disorder. Guess the word. Depression? No. Disorder? Most people say post-traumatic stress, right? Oh, That's sorry. the thing that we all think about. <laughs> but no, I actually experienced post-traumatic growth. Oh. Yeah, which okay. is a real thing. Yeah, some people on the live stream here are saying stress. Yeah, exactly. People normally go to stress. We're live streaming for anyone who's listening. You can find me on social and you can live stream with me anytime, guys, who are listening. But anyways, yeah. Post-traumatic stress, right? That's what we think should happen when we experience something really traumatic. But no, I experienced post-traumatic growth, which is a real scientific phenomenon. It's been studied, but it's not talked about much, unfortunately. But it's this idea that in times of great sorrow or suffering or whatever, you can actually grow. You can rise from the ashes. And that's what happened to me. I woke up. It's like, you know, they talk about your, your third eye waking up and all this stuff and whatever, you know. But that's kind of what happened. It's like, oh my gosh. I have never lived really in the present moment. I've never really experienced life beyond my future predictions and my past conditioning. So I left the hospital that day, or I left the hospital about two weeks later after getting diagnosed, after receiving my first round of chemotherapy, basically being a prisoner to the hospital. And I got out and was walking around the streets of Ann Arbor, which is where uh, I was studying, and everything was different. I just started noticing everything. I started noticing the grass. I started noticing the people walking by. I started noticing the architecture 
the the way the breeze hit my face. It's like all these things that I was so unaware of, but nothing had changed. It's not like Ann Arbor had like suddenly changed in two weeks, but everything had changed within me. And so that was a start. That was sort of the blossoming. And then from there, you know, <laughs> you know, I had a two year battle with cancer, basically. Or eventually they told me I had a 15 to 30 percent chance of survival. I had six rounds of chemotherapy, stem cell transplant, radiation. But I made it. I made it through. I survived by the grace of God and also by my own sort of um, healing activations. You know what I mean? But, you know, a lot of times we learn the lesson, but we don't really learn the lesson. You know? So, oh, two years later or so, or a year later after I'm surviving, it's now been five years uh, since then. You know, you start kind of getting back to the old you if you're not truly mindful, you know? You start putting your identity in, oh, now I'm this thought leader. Now I'm this personal development guru. Now I'm this mindfulness meditation teacher. Now I'm the top-rated podcast host. Yay! That's not what you are at all. Those are all things that are just coming through you. You're just the instrument, you know? You're just the the reed, music. The wind blows through the reed, makes music. That's all intellectual a bit, but it's also experiential. Does that make sense? Absolutely. I, I understand where you're coming from, and it was interesting that you said that you had that transformation, like the growth within you, because I had a cancer scare at 25, and I was wow. in a hospital by myself, all alone, thinking what am I going to do now? And by God's grace, probably the best way of saying it was that actually they made a mistake. It took two months for them to realize they made a mistake. But from that moment, I said to myself, I can either let that situation define me or I can let it fuel me. So I remember walking home that day and I said to myself, things are going to change. And I was speaking to a friend out in Canada and she said, something's not right with you. And because I'd grown up as a person that I didn't tell people my problems, I kept everything within, but that's to do with my upbringing, which I will tell you another time. Um, sure. I didn't know how to express. I would listen to everybody else and listen to all their issues, but I didn't know how to express. And suddenly the tears fell down my eyes and I started to tell her a part of my story. And I felt so vulnerable, Alex, in that moment. And then from that moment, after speaking to her, I wrote my whole life story out. I wrote 30 pages in seven hours. I cried, okay. I laughed. I saw the patterns of everything that happened to me, how I created it, how I manifested yeah. it. And I went down this whole forgiveness route. And from that moment, like you said, that was my growth. That was the changing. I was never going back to the person I was before. I was ready to move forward in a different way, but in a more happier and healthier and inspired way. For sure. And the thing is, once your brain knows a thing, it can never not know that thing again. Mm. So once you start to experience what true presence is, what true living in the moment is, what true mindfulness is, you can never not experience it again. Or I mean, you can never not know what it is again. Hmm. So the problem is, though, is you can forget easy to forget so we're always coming into this state of forgetting remembering forgetting remembering forgetting remembering so it's like how do you cut down that forgetting time right mm -hmm. and just stay in the remembrance of who you are of what it means to really just live presently you know that's that's what i'm now obsessed with and helping people with and coaching people with and 
and yeah, it's it's a different game when you start to experience it, and it's not intellectual. Mm. I think a lot of society's issue is that we're too busy thinking ahead, or we're going back in time, which is causing us to have depression or anxiety. But we're not, like you said, being present in that moment, and like just being appreciate, like appreciating that day, rather than thinking, okay, I need to get this house, I need to get this car, I need to get this. You're thinking ten years ahead, but you're not calming down and thinking, hey, what do I need just for today? Yes, and there are ways to be present with the future without getting lost in the future. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Because for a long time, too, I started thinking, well, then does that mean I just can, like, never, like, plan ahead or never, like, take action on the visions or make action plans or da-da-da? Does that mean I'm not living in the present? And no, you're still very, you can still very much be in the presence of the thing you're building or creating or desiring but when you get lost there and you just stay there and you're sort of stuck in this place of inaction where you're just like uh i don't know what to do but i know that it's supposed to be this and i'm supposed to be probably doing that but it feels so far away that's when it gets dangerous Mm. you know and also if you're only stuck in just that planning mode and all this other stuff and it also gets dangerous because you're actually not just appreciating being grateful, being mindful for just the beautiful simplicity of the inhale and the exhale. You want to know how you're losing the balance of your mind? If your breath all of a sudden has lost its balance. And how do you know that? Well, because you'll start, you can feel it. Once you're tuning into your awareness, you can start to feel it. And so how do you get back on track? Just focus on the inhale and the exhale through the nostrils. That's the first way that Buddha taught people how to become enlightened through his very specific meditation flow that um, I've you know, learned and mastered and I've started teaching other people how to do. Um, and it's really profound how simple it is when you really get back to the basics. There's so much to go into, so <laughs> I don't know where you want to take me, but basically I discovered, like, again, I was saying, like, you know, I had these moments of, like, true mindfulness, right? But then I kept forgetting, I kept forgetting, I kept getting swept back into, like, my old narrative. I kept getting, you know, obsessed with future results, proving that, you know, my cancer wasn't going to affect me. I kept having this seed in my head that, For some reason, I had to suffer or work really hard for enlightenment or Mm. for love or for whatever, right? It's kind of the Western narrative, like work really hard to get success, to achieve results, which we think is going to lead to love and fulfillment and peace and contentment when really it's kind of backwards. You got to find that first and then the things will just naturally emerge. So it's interesting you said that. Sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say. No, go ahead. I was talking to a colleague the other day and um, he was just talking about how he's not feeling well. And I said, have you been sleeping? And he said, no, I haven't been sleeping well for the last few weeks. And I said, you Uh need to come out of the Western mode. And he said, why? I said, who are the most successful and smart people out there that we know? Is it the Western world or is it the Eastern world mentality? And he was like, the Western world? And I said, yes and no. The Western world, we like you said, we want to succeed, we want to thrive, but we never take time to relax. Whereas in the Eastern world, they have power naps in the afternoon. And they get more work done than we do. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it's, I yes, I think it's less a debate of who's smarter or whatever, and more of a debate of like, what works for you? 
You know what I mean? Like what really works for you? And this is what I've found with clients over and over and over again is that, you know, when I'm coaching with people now, it's very clear that, again, experiential, right? Certain things work for certain clients that do not work for other clients. As in for me, my meditative process is like, yeah, I'm closing my eyes and um, I'm letting the flow take me, but it's very different. As in like my whole body's moving. Like I close like... I work out blindfolded now where literally I'll just put two weights in the room and I'll put like an exercise ball. I'll have a blindfold around my head because I just let my body take me. I let the spirit just take me, just let me flow through life. And it trains me again, experientially to intellect. It trains me to then let go of control in life. You know, when God or spirit or the universe is saying, Hey, you should go to the village today. There might be someone there for you to meet. And I get up and I go. And all of a sudden, I meet some person who gives me this giant staff, you know, that then I'm like carrying around and flinging around like a martial artist ninja. Or, you know, sometimes my feet just start walking me places. Like I'm in control, but I'm also being led. And, you know, recently it's led me in front of a bank for instance, it's had me do this like fun little dance, you know, to call in more abundance, call in more money for the things I'm building. It's led me to an empty lot, a center in nature that's for sale. You know, it's like, it's very mysterious when you allow yourself to be led by the spirit and not control everything so much. And this all started um, opening up to me when I went to this 10 day meditation retreat. And I actually got kicked out of the retreat. What? <laughs> yeah, what I got kicked out day nine. And I'm not going to tell you what retreat it was or the name of it because I want to respect their um, thing or whatever. But basically I got kicked out because I'm, I'm experiencing this whole, this whole experience and I'm looking around at day nine and everyone's still like deep in their suffering. And I'm over here like, whoa, I'm enlightened. I'm like, you know, I'd experienced so many things during those nine days. You're not allowed to talk. You're not allowed to look at anyone. Um, And during those nine days, like all these amazing things. Don't say it if you know what it is, if you know what the the meditation experience was. Don't say it because I really do want to respect and honor their uh, name. Does that make sense? Yeah, I've just, we've got them in the UK as well. Um, it's where okay, you have cool. those, it's silent retreats, we call them. But I, I don't know the name, but people go there. Okay, and, good, yeah. good, <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> because it's really not about like uh, demonizing any kind of organization that is doing good work. That's yeah. not the point. But for me, I noticed certain things that like weren't quite on point, that were a bit dogmatic, you know, like the way you had to sit or like the certain face you had to make, or like not letting your body move, or like the postures, and just these little things that like, when I tried to do it that way, I was experiencing more suffering, because it wasn't allowing my true nature to come out the way it wanted to be expressed. And so then I just started experimenting with what my body was naturally wanting it to do. So then day nine, we're allowed to start talking, about our experience which is what we're supposed to do and so I'm just telling people like about my experience like hey it's interesting when I did this this happened and this happened and this happened and they're like really so then they start trying it 
And then it starts spreading like wildfire around the, the camp, you know what I mean? And it was like, nope, you got to go. Time to go. I was like, okay, fascinating. It's interesting but, you said that. Because I was uh-huh. interviewing um, David G last week and we were talking about like meditation. And, and it, was, it was so interesting because he was saying that you, like there's all these rules about meditation, how you have to do it. And if you don't stick to the rules, like you said, they kick you out. And I found that I didn't ever bother going to a meditation, not saying that you shouldn't go because, you know, it's like you said, it's different for everyone. I found that because I've grown up in a, in a background where it was all about mindfulness, I started meditating myself. And I found that I found my own routine. I found what worked. And then I started to implement other things. But I, I felt that, like yourself, I, I, I can't do rules. I have to follow my own, like my flow of my, my intuition and what my body's telling me to do in that moment. So if somebody's restricting it, it's, not, it's stopping my personal growth. Yes. And it really makes no sense. As in, they put all these rules around the meditative experience. And now let me, let me say something is that the technique that I learned, is absolutely beautiful. Like it's amazing. I've I've learned a lot of other meditation techniques and the technique they were teaching was Buddha's technique, Gautama's technique that he taught thousands of people to reach enlightenment through. So the technique was brilliant, but it's just the little subtleties. And when you put rules around these things, it doesn't make sense because consciousness has no boundaries. Consciousness is not bounded by anything. So when you're exploring consciousness, throughout meditation and clearing and flowing over your body and clearing energetic blocks that have been there for years, if you have boundaries around that, then it makes no sense because the whole point is to get to this state of boundlessness, just like consciousness. And that's what happened to me. Um, you know, let me, let me be a little more experiential so it's not intellectual, okay? Because these weird things started happening to me where I was like clearing all of this pain that I'd been holding on to for five years. So I had dealt with it, right? I had dealt with it. I dealt with my cancer. But I realized I hadn't really dealt with it for real. You know what I mean? Like I hadn't really gone to the deepest depths of myself. And I was reaching success and I was finding success. And I'm new and noteworthy podcast. And I've interviewed Deepak and Marianne and Gabby and Carolyn Mace and Mastin Kip and all these great people. But I still hadn't hit the depth of my core until that kind of 10-day experience where, you know, day eight, I'm kind of waking. And I was meditating all day and all night, literally more than 12 hours a day because spirit would not let me sleep. It just had me keep meditating and running over the flow because you learn how to find the slow spots in your body, which are energetic blocks, and you learn how to break them up, or at least I learned how to do that. (laughs) Um, and so day eight, I wake up and I'm like smelling burning flesh in my nose. I'm like, whoa, what's this? So I start talking to the pain. I'm like, hi there. What are you? It's like, I'm your judgment. Like, really? And it's telling me, it's not like I'm making it up, right? It's like, I'm your judgment. I'm like, really? Yeah. You've been judging yourself. You've been judging others. Lack of love, blah, blah, blah. Like, oh, okay. And it's like, I'm also your psoriasis. Like, really? Because I have psoriasis on my elbows and uh, in the inside of my ear, which is really, if you know anything about psoriasis, it's basically like the burning away of your flesh. And so I made a little deal with it. I'm like, okay, if I stop doing that, will you kind of let up? And if I do, you can come back to help me remember. Because remember, these things are teachers, right? Mm -hmm. And so we made a little deal. 
all of a sudden my psoriasis, you can see, it's still there a bit, but it's not nearly as bad as it was. I mean, it's hardly noticeable. Psoriasis is a genetic disease that apparently can't go away, mm -hmm. right? So we have the potential to be our own healers once we go to the deepest depths of our core, once we know how to do this. And um, I'll tell you, so many other things started healing. I had a paralyzed left vocal cord. All of a sudden, I come back from the thing, and about two days, and one of the nights I wake up, and my and spirit is just leading me to like move my jaw and rawr, do all these crazy things, which my fiance is freaking out because she's like, "Ah, oh, you're possessed," and I'm like, "It's okay, honey," <laughs> you know. And two days later, I'm at church and singing like I've never sang before. Wow. My voice just ah, opens up. You know what I mean? Wow. Like crazy. And so the thing is, when you get out of the way, your life force will do everything in its power to correct, rebuild, and fix anything that is not part of your perfect potential. Does that make sense? I relate. I've Growing up, I had a, a lemon allergy of all things, lemon, when I was a child. And I, it's going to sound very weird, guys, but I forgave the lemon. And when I forget yes. the lemon, my throat's fine now. I don't get lumps all over my hands anymore. I don't get lumps all over my back. So that's what used to happen before. Also, um, when I was working at CTV National News in Canada back, gosh, talking 2010, I collapsed and my left arm stopped working and I'm left-handed. And the neurologist couldn't help me. I had to fly back to the UK. They couldn't help me. My dad just taught, taught me some techniques how to move my arm around. Within six months, I regenerated my arm. And it was all to do with self-love. It's because, yes. I don't know if you know about, the hand that you use is um, your giving love. You're, sorry, you're, you're giving and your other arm is receiving. So I was giving more than I was receiving and my body shut down uh -huh. to say, hey, you need to look after yourself. And it took me six months to realize I wasn't giving myself that self-love. I wasn't loving me and embracing who I was. And when I did, ta-da! <laughs> yes, and, and, I, and I will tell you, that's the difference between intellectual and experiential. So intellectually, you can know, oh, I don't really love myself, or I know I should love myself, or yeah, I love myself. I love myself so much. But experientially, it's not showing up. And you actually might not have gone through a process where your body literally speaks to you or shows you visions about how you're not loving yourself how you're actually judging yourself. I mean, my, my chest on that day when I woke up in the morning literally felt like burning flames of fire because that's where my cancer was. And I had to talk to that mofo for a long time. We had to get, re we had to get friends really quick because it hurt so bad. It was so painful. And I finally learned the lesson that my whole life, for some reason, I had in my head that I have to work really hard or almost suffer to earn love that i have to earn love love is our god-given right salvation is already ours there's nothing we have to do to earn love at all so again i knew that intellectually but then i experienced it and then some weird stuff started happening after that when i kind of cleared everything i started getting abilities like legit abilities where like I started going home. I went home, came home, and man, it was 
the most intense transition ever because I was silent for 10 days, only paying attention to my sensations, the inhale, the exhale, through my nose, all the blocks. All of a sudden, like, there's no, we're in nature. All of a sudden, I get home and there's like, you know, highway, cars, it's like, you don't even realize how much it affects you until you've experienced the difference. So I'm like at the mall, literally getting dizzy just walking because there's so much stimulus. Like literally, it looked like I was drunk because so much stimulus was hitting my field when I was so used to being just like, completely without that you know what i mean Mm -hmm. i didn't look at my phone for 10 days now i've got two phones pointing at me a laptop pointing at me live streaming you know so but the thing is i'm aware of it now and i can control it now whereas before i was completely unaware of it but anyways back to what i was saying is started feeling people's energy i started like running my hand you know some people call it reiki i don't really call it that because it i don't even know if it is reiki some people say it's reiki like but it's, it's everything. It's like, you know, I'm working with people now on a whole different level. Like I've helped people heal pain they've had in their shoulders for five years that four people, four different practitioners couldn't do anything about in 30 minutes. I've helped people like with hip problems for years of their life in 30 minutes. I've helped people who've been on antidepressants for three years, get off those in 40 minutes. It's like, when you clear yourself like that, abilities start opening up. Your true nature starts opening up. And it would make sense for me, right? Because my whole life, cancer, psoriasis, Lyme disease, shingles, all these things that I got, but that I ended up healing. So naturally, it's like I was healing parts of myself, but I didn't know how I was doing it. Yeah. And now I know how. And for anyone who's like, this sounds like bullshit. No. I've got it all on tape, so you can watch all of them, too. You can watch most all of them, and uh, it's real. It is And you know what? It really scared me at first. I was like, what is this? I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how I can do this. I don't Just just lie down. Calm down. It's okay. And then their body just starts, you know, moving on its own when I stop, like, running my hand over them, and it's, like, correcting them themselves. Their life force is correcting them themselves, you know? And, like intellectually i'm like this is not this is not normal this is not something i should be able to do but experientially every single person i work with is like i feel like i'm flying out of my chair what's happening i just felt that huge block in my head fly out of my head how did you do that and what i've realized is i'm not they're doing the healing they are doing the healing i'm just making them aware of their own process and how to do it for themselves. And this is a dangerous thing about healers is that they are doing all the healing. I'm doing all the healing. Look at me. Look how cool I am. Just like I'm the best singer in the world. Look how great my voice is. No, no, no. They're doing the healing. You're just here to serve. You're just here to help. And you become way more powerful when you come from that perspective. Absolutely. And we're all healers. That's the thing, guys, out there. Like, all of us have the ability to heal. Like, once you start to heal yourself, well, then you can, we've all got energy in our hands. We've all got healing powers. If you think about people who live in the rainforest, have you ever seen them when you've seen them on TV shows or even like Avatar, they sit all together and suddenly the person in the middle who's sick is healed? It's because it's energy. We've all yes. got that energy within us. It's 
because we live in the Western world, we have this mindset where it's all about striving to success. So the more we think about success, we forget about knowledge of self. And when we lose knowledge of self, we have years of, like you said, being sick or not being well, but not knowing that we already have the power to heal from within. Yeah, and and this is where I want to actually change the narrative um, in terms of success being sort of this like almost bad thing. Sometimes we can get there, you know what I mean? And the point is, is that like success is never a bad thing. To be successful is great. Jesus was very successful at what he did. Mm. Buddha was very successful at what he did. Mm. However, they didn't do it for the success. Do you know what I mean? And they were at such a point of clarity and realness within themselves that it just was, it was their mission. It was their God-given divine appointment on this planet Earth. So that doesn't mean that we shouldn't, you know, want success or try to achieve success or go after all that success. It just means that we must be very clear about how we're doing it, why we're doing it, and the intention behind it. Yeah, I agree with you on that. It's success is about, it's how you make success really, isn't it? It's not. Yeah. And I think a lot of us, we go, well, you see a lot of the successful people that we think, like it's very yeah. angry and very me, me, me self culture. Yes. But there's two types. There's the, the, the success in that way, but there's also success in the calm way. You can still be successful and very calm. It's how it's how you react to situations and scenarios in your life. Sure, and you can be successful and really passionate too. Yeah. So I think, you know, it's just, it really comes down to everyone has their own unique seed. Mm. You know, if you just go back to nature, nature has all the answers. So I have a specific seed that if I give it the right soil, the right sunlight, the right water, it's going to grow to its full potential. But if I start not watering it or putting rocks over the soil or whatever, it's going to grow crooked. It's going to grow a little decrepit. It might kind of reach its potential, but not really. So you know what? I want to succeed in huge ways. I want to be one of the best healers around, period. Not for me, for other people. Because the impact that that could have, the potential that that could have, great. You know what? And a seed in nature doesn't go, oh, no, don't make me this huge oak tree. No, I don't want to. No, no. It's like I'm a fucking oak tree. (laughs) Period. (laughs) And you know what else? It doesn't even know it's an oak tree. It doesn't even care. It just lets whatever's going to happen, happen. I love it. For real. (laughs) There's something powerful when we accept that we are meant to really just live into whatever it is that is our highest potential. You know, it's like that Marianne quote she always talks about. We fear our greatest. We fear our greatness, you know, essentially. It's true. We do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You want to know why? Because it. it's completely opposite of what most people or how most people are living their life. You know, Mm. most people are really not going for it on a huge, huge level. Not because they are incapable of it, but because it's scary. 
because it's the unknown. <laughs> and and all this, and then you know maybe it's like maybe I'm, it's egotistical to think this way, or maybe it's wrong and God doesn't want me to do that. No, <laughs> not at all. <laughs> Look at nature. Look at nature. If your seed is an oak tree, you're gonna be an oak tree unless you get in the way and unless you cut off the flow from the creator who gave you that potential. It's interesting that when we're kids, we don't really care about what anyone else has to say. We just, if we want to run around, we run around. If we want to roll in mud, we roll in mud, don't we? And then we get older, it's like, oh, I better not do that because I don't want to insult somebody. (laughs) Kids, I mean, the the Bible talks about kids, like, know the kingdom of God, you know? Mm. And so many other uh, spiritual uh, texts talk about this because kids, you know, before they're seven, their conscious mind hasn't developed. So they're just living. They're just experiencing things in the present moment. And unless they've gone through something really traumatic early on that sort of created this sort of curtain or siphon between that, they're generally just going moment to moment experiencing life, you know? And, like, it really shouldn't be that much different when we grow up. Except when we grow up, we have more choice about it. And that can be good and bad. You know what I mean? Yeah. It can be good and bad. Just to let you know, we are coming towards the end of the show. It's gone so quick. Ah, yeah. <laughs> I just it noticed really the has. timing. It's like, oh my God. And my, so much I, more to talk about. It's endless. Consciousness is endless. It's boundless. <laughs> and once you start speeding it up, it just gets faster and faster. <laughs> That's what happens. Well, I've got two questions left for you. Um, Great. The first one is, what are you most grateful for at this moment? This conversation. Oh. Because, I mean, that's what's happening right now in this moment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm grateful that people are watching live, too. Grateful for everyone who's on here. Um, I think it's funny when we say, like, what are you most grateful for right now? People tend to go backwards or Mm. forwards. Have you noticed that? Yeah, and it's there's mm-hmm. only a few that always say present moment, and I'm just like, huh. And it's those moments yeah. of presence. It's like, yeah. And not not that there's anything wrong to be yeah. grateful about things that have happened in the past or the future, but it's just interesting to train yourself to really notice things right now. Mm-hmm. I guarantee you, if you if you really start doing that, you'll notice things in your apartment that you haven't seen for three years. You'll notice things in your neighborhood that you've never noticed before. I mean. There's just so much there that you could never, you could never discover it all. There's just so much. How could you ever be bored if you live in that kind of mindset? You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. (laughs) Um, My last question is, say somebody is trying to find their purpose and they don't know where to start. What's your five top tips for them? My five top tips? (laughs) I love this. I love this. I love this. Whatever flows. (laughs) Uh, I have no idea what my five top tips are, but I'll just make some up right now. Um, I think, um, actually we're trying way too hard to find our purpose, quote unquote. Mm. What we should really be thinking about is, um, letting our purpose emerge. So that would be number one, shift that thinking. You don't need to find your purpose. It's already there. You need to let it emerge. So 
Number two would be how do you let it emerge? Well, you got to get rid or clear anything that's blocking up your energy, period. Because if that's not happening, you're not getting intuition. You're not getting guidance. Number three, it's not all you, okay? You need guidance from above or from below, Mother Earth, Father Above. And you also need mentors. You need, you need people who have walked the path, which is why I do so much coaching. It's like, and why I've invested so much in myself in coaching, because I don't know how to build a podcast until I coach with someone. And then I know, oh, okay, in three weeks, I need to do this. And that'll get me to new and noteworthy. Number four, do not identify with things of this world. That'll take you right off purpose, as in don't identify with how much money you have, how much mm -hmm. likes you get, how much fans you have. All those things are great. How your podcast is doing great. All those things are great, but it's not you. Number five, never stop evolving. The only revolution happens right inside of you. Never stop evolving. Never stop learning. But I want to speak to that. Learn from your experience as much as you can, not your intellect or not someone else's intellect who doesn't have the experience to back it up. Very, very important. We listen to people who sound great, but they can't speak from experience. And if they can't speak from experience, they're false prophets. They don't know what they're talking about. They're just talking heads. Which is why I always bring it back to experience when I'm trying to talk. Mm. Make sense? Absolutely. And there's a lot as well yeah. in the personal world. And I've seen it myself. In you can see them repeating other people's stuff. And like yourself, I believe people who've been through the real stuff, who've experienced yes. it. And they and each everybody's experience is different and we can all learn from different experiences you can get a textbook you can learn from you know lots of different people but the experiences will teach you something that's more powerful that none yeah. of the textbooks can do i mean just like business right i know so many people who have gone to business school get out of business school and then i end up interning them because they don't know crap about marketing in today's world because they learned it from a textbook and i'm like no, 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 no. That's not what's happening right now. You know what I mean? Just as like a very small example. Or you can read about meditation all you want. Mm. Or you can read about mindfulness. But until you truly experience it, true mindfulness, you don't know what it is. Period. You just don't. So if anybody would like to experience that, can I talk about how they might be able to experience that? Would that be okay? Yeah, sure. Just very briefly. Because um, I find that a lot of times... I don't want this to just remain intellectual for the people who actually want to experience it. So I always give like free 30 minute true mindfulness calls where basically they can just talk with me. You just have to fill out a quick application. It's free. All you have to do is text the word soul coach, soul coach, one word to three, three, four, four, four. Or you can just email me at live like coaching at gmail.com. Anyone who's on this live stream, you're welcome to do that too. Because, you know, I think everyone should at least have a taste of their own self-awareness. And, you know, I always think, wouldn't it be funny if Jesus went around healing people and then was like, $2,000, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so now, now, that being said, 
I make a living. I have to make a living. But that doesn't mean that I still can't give the experience to someone the first time for free. You know what I mean? Yeah. And once they experience it, they'll know maybe like what that would do for their life and what kind of investment that would be for their own potential, you know? So we could do one together too. I'd love to show you it as well sometime. Sure. We'll make that happen. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, where can my listeners find you? So if they want to, they want to check out your website. Yeah. I mean, you can find me at, uh, alexkip.com as well. Listen to soul feed, the podcast, one word, soul feed, uh, Instagram. Love my Instagram people. Alex.kip, also on Facebook, Alex Kip Live Light. I mean, I'm everywhere. Just look me up. I'd love to connect with you all. I really hope that this served you. I hope that um, I didn't get in my own way and that I let spirit flow through me and that I really appreciate what you're doing, Gerds. This is not easy, I know. I <laughs> and um, I thank you for being a light in this world. We need way more. And there are many more who are activating now. And that's just so beautiful to witness. Thank you for sharing your story. It really means a lot. And just taking us on that journey to see where you were and where you are now. That's just powerful. And sharing everything. I could see you in your moments. And yeah, love it. (laughs) Thank you. Well, thank you. (laughs) We'll We'll talk soon. Yeah. We'll get you on the show again. Namaste. Wow, what an amazing interview with Alex. Guys, do check out his website because the work that he does is truly inspirational. I actually did um, a healing with Alex just after this interview and wow, it just blew me away. Unfortunately, that's the end of the show. Don't forget that you can find me on Facebook at Get Inspired with Gerds. That's G-U-R-D-S. You can also find me on Instagram and on Twitter, you can find me at I am Gerds. That's G-U-R-D-S. Also, check out my new 21 Day Abundance course on my website and you can sign up to my free webinar which is taking place next week. Before I leave, I want to leave you with this quote. The purpose of life is to live a life of purpose. That's a quote by Richard Leader. Take care and I'll see you next week. Bye!